welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. All right, so today we're going to talk about true love. Everybody say true love. And I want to tell you something. I don't know if you know this or not, but we've been lied to. We have been lied to. Now, you're like, what are you talking about? Do you know, I was, I was looking at some statistics, statistics earlier this week, and do you know they say that kids uh, under the age of 12 get 90% of their definition of what love is from movies, from television, from music? The, the wedding singer? Sure. And do you know that they all promote this one message of what real love, like this is true love. Disney really likes to promote love, don't they? We'll talk about that in a second. But let me, we just had Valentine's Day. Who, celebra- who celebrated Valentine's Day? Who celebrated Single Awareness Day? Raise it up and proud. Just own it. Just own it. Yep. Look, Jamie's owning it. <laughs> There is a day that we celebrated this week, and you, it was either Valentine's Day or it was loud and proud single, whatever, but you celebrated it. And let me tell you some, some st- I'm having real problems with the word statistics today. Can we just say stats? Okay, great. Let me show you some stats from 2018. Now, this is only in the United States because in Canada, we don't keep track of these things apparently. But in the U.S., in 2018, who wants to guess how much money was spent on Valentine's Day? Shout it out, shout it out. 500 million? What'd you say? 80 billion? Okay, okay. <laughs> Just got real. Reese apparently really loves Valentine's Day, and he's, whoever he ends up with is going to go nuts on Valentine's Day for Reese. You just prepare yourself. Okay, so Josiah says 500 million. Reese says 80 billion. Anybody in between in the middle there? Two, two billion? One billion? Anybody else? Three dollars? Three bucks. Three, bi- three bill. Three billion. Okay, the answer is, let's see on the screen here, $19.6 billion for one day. One day. <laughs> so let's look. Let's go to the next slide. This is the breakdown, the top spending categories. Jewelry, $4.7 billion. Going out for the night, $3.7 billion. Flowers, $2 billion. Clothing, $1.9. And my personal favorite, candy, weighing in at $1.8 billion. I heard them talking on a podcast about how much, how many of those, you know those little candy hearts that have all little sayings on them? that you couldn't buy this year? Did anybody find them this year? No, it's because the company got sold last year and there was a shortage of candy hearts and they couldn't produce them in time for this year. But do you know how many candy hearts are sold for Valentine's Day between the middle of January to the middle of February? Trillions. Trillions of candy hearts are sold. Valentine's Day is big business. People get really crazy about love. Let's talk about Disney for a second. Who's ever seen a Disney movie in their life? 
Is there a Disney movie that is not centered around uh, a hero and the hero falling in love with somebody? Dory, I guess. Sort of? Is that? Madagascar is not Disney, sir. How old are you? Most Disney movies are about heroes and those heroes falling in love with their true love, right? What, what are some movies you can think of? Some Disney movies. Snow, Snow White, Cinderella. What about you, Angela? Fro. Can we just not talk about Frozen? Because as soon as you say Frozen, everybody hears that song in their head, and I just want to get it out of my head. Frozen, Cinderella, Snow White, Lady and the Tramp. What else? Beauty and the Beast. Oh. What? The Aristocats? That is a, that is a deep cut. Does anybody even know of the Aristocats? Okay, okay. All right. Let me tell you, let me, let me show you the top three Disney songs. Actually, what we're going to do is I'm going to play for you the top three Disney songs. And as soon as you know what song this is and from what movie it is, here's, this is crowd participation. I want you to shout it out. Does your voice work? Okay, good. So as soon as you know what song this is, I want you to shout it out. Okay, these are, these are the top three Disney songs. We're going to start at number three of the most famous, most romantic, most truest love Disney songs. Are you ready? You probably have a picture in your mind of what it is right now. Okay, Jade, play it. Oh, it, wait, is it right? Keep it going, keep it going. We just need to hear this Winds words. There you see her Sitting there across the way She don't got a lot to say But there's something about her And you don't know why But you're dying to try You wanna kiss the girl so what was that? Little Mermaid. And what is the Little Mermaid about? Little Mermaid is about a, a story of a girl who's a mermaid and she falls in love with a man. He's not a merman. He's a man. And she loves him. And so she makes a deal with this bad lady who gives her legs and she loses her voice and she has to go up there to walk around on the beach and, and, and get this guy to fall in love with her. And the way she gets her voice back is by true love's kiss. And if she can just get him to kiss, she gets her voice back. And that's what Disney's telling us, what true love is. Number two, what's number two? Let's play number two. Are you ready for this song? I don't know the words of this song, sorry. But as soon as you know it, shout it out. What's happening? What? And they don't have a clue. Who? They'll fall in it? love, and here's the bottom line. Our trio's down to two. Oh. The sweet caress of twilight. What song is this? There's magic everywhere. Can you feel and the love? with all this romantic atmosphere. You want to sing? Disasters and disasters in the air. If I sing this song, disasters in the air. Oh no. right now? Are you holding your spouse's hand? Are you putting your arm? Do you have warm fuzzies happening inside of you right now? Perfect harmony. Okay, stop. This movie, what's it about? 
two cute lions. He loses his dad and he loses his way. And he goes in the jungle and he befriends Pumbaa and Timon, which I don't, I can't remember what animals those are. A meerkat and a warthog who likes to make smells. He can't help it. And he falls in love with this beautiful childhood friend. She's a lion as well. And they find true love. Okay, the number one song of the Disney songs. Do you think you know what this is? Okay, play it. Dan, I'm looking at you. It's a tale as old as time. Guys, it is. There's no truer love than what Belle has for the beast. He was ugly on the outside, but so beautiful on the inside. Tale as old as time. Oh, this can be. Okay, stop. Disney just puts out movie after movie after movie telling you what love is, and our kids watch it, and they're great. They're great movies to watch. Most of them, they have great tales. They have great stories, and they're fantastic. But what's happening is it's creating a society and a culture where they think this is what true love is. True love has to be somebody sitting in a boat. And if I was watching, I don't know why, but I was watching the video of Kiss the Girl yesterday. And, man, whew, it was. Like, if you could replicate, if you could replicate that in real life, Natalie would be gone forever, man. Like she, you could do no wrong in her eyes. They're in this boat in a lagoon, and it's like a big canopy over them, and they're swirling around, and there's birds, there's birds singing, and there's fish doing like water sprouting things, and it looks amazing, and it's so romantic. And, and Disney tells you that's what true love is. And they tell you that true love is finding somebody who's not beautiful on the outside, but they're beautiful on the inside, and, and you can come along and help this person and change them and transform them. And if you believe in them so much, and then they will, they will become the person they're meant to be. And we just live in this society where we're taught over and over and over again that true love is what you can get from somebody. That's why we spend so much money on Valentine's Day. Because we're conditioned to buy. Because buying things, getting things means that you love me. Now listen, that's great. Those are things that you should do. I bought Jen stuff for Valentine's Day. She bought our family stuff for Valentine's Day. Those are good things. But I just want to say that's not what true love is. Do you know what true love is? One of my favorite movies ever, and one of my favorite scenes in that movie ever, is The Princess Bride. Who has seen The Princess Bride? Oh, it's so good. It's just classic 80s. It's good. It's clean. It's an adventure. It's amazing. And there's this scene in The Princess Bride that my dad says to me all the time. And he thinks it's hilarious, and it is hilarious. There's a bad, there's the bad king that's trying to marry Princess Buttercup, and he's making her marry her, even though her true love is Wesley, and she's, she, Wesley's 
dead and gone, she thinks. And so they have this wedding. And at the front of the wedding, the big priest comes out. And he looks all serious. You know what I'm talking about? He's got, like, the big hat on. And then the, the cloak. And he looks very, he's got, like, this beard. And it's, like, perfectly manicured. Not like any kind of beard that I could ever grow. Because I can't grow facial hair, really. This is the extent of it. So you're welcome. And so he stands there, and he opens his mouth, and he begins to talk, and he has this crazy lisp. And at first, he's like, marriage. Marriage is what brings us together. And then later on, he says, love, true love. He's saying love, true love. Do we know what true love is, though? I want to take a look at this just for a few minutes, and we'll talk about true love. Because what I want us to see today is that love, true love, isn't what you get from somebody, but it's something completely different. So John chapter 3, verse 16, probably the most well-known scripture in the Bible. It says this. We're going to look at two things out of this verse. It says, for this is how God loved the world. Two dots. This is how God loved the world. This is how God loved you. This is how God loves me. This is how God loved your mama and your daddy. This is how God loved everybody in the planet who has ever been and ever will be. This is how he loved them. He gave his one and only son so that everybody who believes in him won't perish, but they will have eternal life. This is how God loved the world. Amanda, this is how God loved you. And then he goes on to tell you what that love looks like. The first thing I want you to see is that word. It's a four-letter word. It says, he what? He what? Can you say it like you mean it? He did what? Gave. First thing I want you to show, to see about real love True love is love is giving. Love's not about what you can receive. Love's not about what you get from someone. Love is what you give away. Love is what is acting out of you. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. We don't have a slide for this one, so don't worry about it, Jay. Luke 6, 38 says this, and we use this scripture all the time in reference to money. It says, give... And what happens? It'll be given back to you. The same measure that you give will be used to measure back to you. And we use that talking about money all the time. But if you look at it really in context, he's not talking about money. He's just talking about giving in general. So whatever you give away with, the way that you give is the way that you receive. So the way that we move to true love is by giving it away. I am called to give my love away. I'm not called to hoard it. Listen, when you're 14, when you're 15, when you're 16, when you're 17, you don't understand what love really is. Even when you're 20, 21, you're still trying to figure it out. But at that that stage in your life, what is life really about? It's about you, isn't it? It's about what you get. It's about how something makes you feel. It's about what somebody does for you. And we're, as you grow up, you're learning how to take those emotions and those feelings and, and line them up with the Word of God and realize that, hey, actually not everything is about me. 
What it's about is taking what I've received from God and giving that away. So the first thing he says is, God so loved, and this is how he loves you, that he gave. And let's look at this scripture again. What, what was it that he gave? And I like how it says, his one and only son. Have you ever had somebody ask you for your one and only something? Do you have any gum? Yeah, I got one piece left. Can I have it? You want my last piece of gum? If I give it to you, then I won't have any for two days down the road. I'm saving this gum for three days from now. I've got a plan for this piece of gum. And you, you want my last french fry? I love my french fries. I can't give you my french fry. If I give you that french fry, then I won't have any more french fries. And if I don't have any more french fries, I don't have any more french fries. We have a real hard time, some of us, giving away our one and onlys, don't we? This is my special. This is my precious. This is my only. It's my onlyest. This is the one that I have. I'm going to say this to you. Love is sacrifice. Love is giving, and love is sacrifice. It's not about what you get back. It's not about how somebody makes you feel. It's about what you're giving away. And it's about you laying down your own desires, your own feelings, your own emotions, and sacrificing those things to give away, again, what you have received to others. You got a bad marriage? You got a bad relationship? You don't get along with your family? The answer isn't necessarily how they're treating you. The answer lies in how you allow God to begin to work in you and through you and how you begin to love them the way that God wants you to love them. And I guarantee you this, and I can say this because I have been here. Me and Jen have not always had a perfect marriage, have we? There's been hard times, hasn't there? And the answer lies in you going to God and saying, this is really hard. But I want you to work inside of me, and I want you to help me love these people the way that you want me to love them. And I guarantee when you do that, you will see things begin to change. People intrinsically know. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt if you're loving them because it's true love or you're loving them with the desire to receive something back from them. People can sniff that out like crazy. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it's a love chapter. It's quoted all the time. We read it at weddings. We talk about it. But today I want to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. Starting in verse 1, it says this. And as I read this, I'm hoping that you will open your heart to receive and hear what the Spirit is saying. Because we need a whole lot of love like this in our lives to be the people that God has called us to be. You will never be the husband. You will never be the wife. We will never be the church that God has called us to be unless we're doing it through his love. 
unless we truly love those people on the streets that we encounter, unless we actually really care about when you go into wherever it is you go, whatever it is you do, whatever client you're dealing with, whatever spouse you're with, whatever store you walk into, whatever student you're sitting beside at school, unless you love them the way that we're going to start looking at right here, things will never really change. So he says this, he says, if I was to speak with the eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. Verse 2. And if we were to have the gift of prophecy, with the profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that I could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I'm nothing. Basically, he's saying, if I am like this super spiritual Christian, that I can talk in all the languages, that I have the mind of Christ, that I've got so much faith that I could move a mountain. If I could do all those things, but didn't do them with love, what does it profit? And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I owned just to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Now let's look at this. It says this, and as I read this, I want you to think about this, and I want you to allow the Spirit to talk to you. Because in my life, when I read these verses, these are things that I realize I have to work on. I think we should read this section of Scripture every day. The message of the gospel, if you could really sum it up in one word, it is a message of love. And we're called to be that love in the world. And so this is what love really looks like. Love is large and incredibly patient. It's not small, and it's not like, I've got no time for you. It's large. There's enough love for everybody, and it's patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all, not your favorite friends, not your favorite people, not people you like, not even people you can deal with. It's, it's consistently kind to all, consistently kind all the time, even keeled, consistently kind. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to somebody else. I love that word, refuses. Refusing something means that you make a conscious choice to say, no, I am not going to do that. Love refuses to be jealous when blessings come to somebody else. It doesn't brag about your own achievements, nor inflates its own importance. It doesn't walk around saying, well, have you known what I Do you know who I am? Did you see what I did this week? Did you hear what I said to that person? Did you know how wise it was? I'm basically the wisest person ever. No. Love doesn't do that. It does not traffic in shame and disrespect. I love that phrasing. In today's day and age, we hear a lot about sex trafficking, don't we? 
people that are stolen away, they get snatched up, and they're sold in the sex industry, and they are trafficked. That's the, that's the phrase they use. They are being trafficked. And he says here, love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Why? Because those things bring death. And love has no part of that. Nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. I don't know about you, but I can read these and say, man, I've got to work on so much in my life. Love is not easily irritated. When's the last time you were irritated by something? I was irritated by something this morning. I'm sorry, I'm a human being. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. In other translations, it's talking about looking for the faults that you're committing so that you feel better about yourself. That's not love. Next verse. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failures as defeat, for it never gets up, gives up. The beginning of verse 8 says this. Love never stops loving. Other translations say love never fails. But I really like how it says this. Love never stops loving. We are called to be people who never stop loving. Regardless of what they're doing to you, regardless of how they're treating you, regardless of how they make you feel. Love never stops loving. If you could remember anything from today, I want you to remember that love never stops loving. And as you leave this place, you're going to encounter people everywhere. I was thinking about Blake this morning as me and the kids were driving to church. This guy cut me off and it made me mad. It irritated me. And I was thinking about Blake because Blake was preaching one time last year. And he was talking about some lady that cut him off and it made him mad. Do you remember that story? Probably. Yeah, it's, it's, it happens. It happened. We are called to never stop loving. You don't know the circumstances that people are walking through. You don't know their problems. You don't know their life at home. You don't know what's happening inside of their mind and their body. But what you do know is that we are called to never stop loving them. And how do we love them? Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. We are called to love them by giving of ourselves and by sacrificing ourselves just like God did for us. 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, says, Dear friends, this is back in the New Living Translations, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from who? Mm. And anybody who loves is a child of who? And they know who? Hmm. Verse 8, But anybody who does not love does not know God, for God is Love. Ooh. Anybody who doesn't love doesn't know God. Because the God that we call our Father is love. Not he loves. That's one aspect of it. 
But the bigger aspect is he is love. That's who he is. And guess what? That's who we are called to be in every conversation, in every situation, wherever you find yourself. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. It doesn't matter how scary it feels to you. You are called in that situation to love. And I guarantee you this, if you walk in that love in those situations, you will see those mountains begin to move out of the way. You will see those hard hearts begin to melt. You will see those walls that have been built up begin to crumble before you because love is the ultimate weapon. Verse 9 says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we could have eternal life through him. Finishing in verse 10 says this, this is real love. This is real love. This is true love. Love, true love. This is it. Not that we loved God. This is the true love. That he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Stand up with me. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.